Welcome back to the Commitment Issues Podcast. We're back better than ever. Rob dropping stuff, making noise during the four seconds that this podcast starts. So, Rob, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I am an NFL draft expert, as I was on this podcast last week and predicted correctly that Nick Bosa and not Kyler Murray would go first to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I feel I feel very validated. That prediction came right. And, uh, you know, the world has moved on with Nick Bosa being the number one pick in the draft. I, I, I believe you said it. Says that Nick Bosa. <laughs> you, said it, you, said it be, you said it was going to be Quinn and Williams. <laughs> no, I said Bosa on the podcast. And then I had talked to somebody that led me to believe it was going to be Quinn and Williams after we recorded. And that's when we lost our money on that. <laughs> There's a lot of people in my life mad at me about that. So uh, uh, we don't have to. That's on <laughs> me, coach. We're going to have to relitigate it here. But Rob was wrong. That's why he's not an NFL insider. I tell you what, info was right was when someone told me before the draft started that Jeffrey Simmons was going to be picked by the Titans with like the 19th pick. And guess what? He got picked by the Titans with the 19th pick. So uh, like I want to point out that the info that I had while wrong came from somebody that weeks before Cliff Kingsbury was even offered that job, told me that Cliff Kingsbury was going to be the new coach at Arizona. It's amazing. I mean, the NFL draft, anything you hear is a lie from everybody. It's, it's insane how much misinformation is out there when it comes to the draft. It's a good thing I didn't go out there and report that, huh? Yeah. Well, it's pretty clear that it was part of a smokescreen and we just happened to get caught up in it. We actually had it before. I I had put some feelers out to some people in the NFL draft community when I, we were trying to track it down. And uh, a lot of them said they hadn't heard it. And then they came back to me later and said they had heard it. And then about 15 minutes before the draft, our colleague Charles Robinson was like, if anybody told you that they're picking uh, anybody other than it was a lie. <laughs> yeah, you're a sucker. So Yeah, well, I guess I'm a sucker. Exactly. So, all right, we want to remind everybody, follow us on Twitter, leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe, tell a friend, etc. We have been doing a pretty good job of recording now. It feels like four out of five weeks, five out of six weeks, something like that. Although some people didn't hear last week's episode. <laughs> so uh, due to some uh, editorial disagreements. So anyway, we won't uh, get to get into it too much, but yeah, we had, we didn't, uh, we didn't get it pushed out like we normally did, but some people did hear it. And those of you who did, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, well, hold um, on. We should at least eulogize one of the running bits on this joke that Woody will no longer be allowed to make fun of his mother on this podcast. Apparently. Is that what that's, happened? Yeah. That's what no, sunk the ship. Not, we don't have to talk about it. That's we also fine. have Dave Lackford on the podcast. You can follow Dave on Twitter at Rivals <laughs> Dave. Good to have him for the fourth straight week in this consistent podcast. Thanks for having me and introducing me, Woody. No, I mean Dave is Dave is a full time host now, right? Like this Sorry, is Dave. This is, this is the group now. Sorry, Dave. That was my bad. I uh, I still got, love. You. I got sidetracked with the uh, Nick Post. Usually, you make noise right out of the gate too. So. Uh, my fault. So anyway, let's jump into it. We want to review the NFL draft briefly. We don't got to do a ton of stuff on it, but I want to start real quick on a topic that was near and dear to our hearts last year, the slander of one Josh Rosen. So as Rob uh, reported that it looked like the Cardinals were going to keep Rosen for a while there. I did not report it. I mentioned it on the podcast. <laughs> we'd have to go back and listen to it <laughs> this is not journalism <laughs> it's not like i put it's not like i put that out on twitter or wrote a story that said this was happening i just mentioned and i didn't even mention you mentioned that i thought that it was that kyler would i don't know i think you brought it up unprompted uh dave no, it was on the sheet it was on the sheet so if it's on the sheet i didn't it put it prompted. on the sheet no no Woody did see so Woody go. prompted it 
I would go back and listen to the podcast. They were they were off the air discussions before you brought them up to on the air discussions. Which which Rob does famously when I say things that are very personal and private between us, and Rob's like, Dave used to be a rapper. (laughs) I'm like, no. (laughs) Come on, that was great radio. That was good. So all right. So last year we had the whole issue with Josh Rosen having too many garages and and people say, saying call I remember wasn't it there like a Jim Moore of millennial uh, Josh Rosen's a millennial and yeah he, he has, has to know why questions. he's being told yeah 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 okay so too many to the garages <laughs> you don't remember that Dave. They said, yeah, yeah he, they said he was a white said, privilege. Yeah, no, yeah, they yeah, said, yeah. don't recruit a kid with a three-car garage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> More garages, the worst you are. Uh, so He checked all the boxes except the garage box. You know, you got to have a driveway or just like – you basically want to recruit kids with like a gravel thing leading up to their house. No, no, no. no, no I don't want to sidetrack us too badly here, but I was at Gulliver Prep today, which is like one of the rich schools in Miami where, you know, they've got some good players there. And a 16-year-old cut me off in a Ferrari and then honked at me, and I thought about getting out of the car and punching his face. <laughs> Boy, it's a good thing that didn't happen to me. I might have just mean, drove right into him. That um, that student parking lot is like Tesla, Maserati after Benz. After, it's, it's depressing. How far do you live from there, Rob? Not very far. Um, a good mile. Oh, so that's in your neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's on the other side. It's, it's in a good neighborhood on the other side of the wall. Must be You're nice. talking about Miami Northwestern, right? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> The beacon uh, of opulence. Do you remember once we had a camp at Gulliver Prep and a, and a flock of wild macaws flew over the field, which is, you know, those are those big parrots that talk. Yeah. Uh, and that was really a true. They, they'd say whatever you want. You, you know those giant ones where their eyes get small when they talk? I want to train them to say dudes being dudes and then have them on the <laughs> podcast. They say what it, I, I had. I grew up with this girl named Tanya and they had one and her mom and her were always fighting and her mom would yell, shut up, Tanya. And the bird would say it all the time on its own. Shut up, Tanya. <laughs> shut up, Tanya. So anyway, Steve Smith, unprompted on NFL Network, for some reason in the middle of the third round, goes on an insane rant against Josh Rosen, and I'm going to play some of it. Did, did you guys both hear it? Ice up, son. Did I you hear it. it? Yeah, I heard it. I don't know what that means. He is a uh, – that was it was one of the more insane things I've ever heard. Okay, here we go. Uh, it's like three minutes. I'll probably play close to a minute of it, okay? Here we go. We got six rounds to six rounds in the next couple of days. Guys are getting replaced. You are replaceable. No one. They they say in the league, the more you can do, it helps your opportunity. So now you're mad because they brought some competition in here. So you're gonna try to take your ball. Well, first of all, son, it ain't your damn ball to take anyway. So you just keep playing with your phone and you keep showing us what what the stigma of you and who you were was this uh, at UCLA. Now you brought it to the professional level and showed us you're still going to, when things don't go your way, you're going to cry in the corner. But guess what? They're going to ship your ass home somewhere else and you can go cry and be their problem. Listen, yeah. this is a man's game. Be a man and go against that man one-on-one. He gets 10 plays, you get 10 plays, do your deal. Ain't nobody giving you nothing. Only thing you can get on this stage right now is a free ass whoop, and everything else you got to work hard for. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, Steve. I love okay. Steve Smith, man. He's an idiot. Okay, first of all, Steve Smith, you're He's our a guy, bro. 
Okay, all right. So, Dave, you probably don't know this part. Uh, if we go back to... <laughs> I just love the hot take, man. I, I just love him going on a rant, Woody Womack style, in the middle of the draft. Okay, so you know when he was on the Panthers, uh, they told him that he didn't have a guaranteed spot on the roster and he and he wouldn't. So then he refused to restructure his contract and demanded to be released, right? You know that happened? But, but did he unfollow the Panthers' Twitter account or Instagram okay. account? Okay, so let's look back. This was from Ian Rappaport in 2014 uh, when Panthers GM Dave Gettleman said they'd consider Steve Smith's roster spot. He asked for release, refused pay cut, eventually cut him. Okay, so if you go, if you went to the uh, if you went to the Cardinals Instagram page, literally every single thing is of Kyler. There's like twelve. Yeah, the guy that's literally taking your job. You should be forced to look at that all day. Wait a minute. Okay. Did did Dave Gettleman draft Jimmy Clausen? Please say yes. I, I don't know, Dave. I don't know. Can we please stay on topic for three seconds? Sorry. So, ADD, so man. Right. I see that. So. Rosen, of course, a lot of people probably saw it. He did a little video where he came out and was a consummate professional, you know, thanking the Cardinals, thanking the fans. Not to mention on draft night, he was in Arizona playing in Larry Fitzgerald's charity softball tournament. <laughs> it's just really Steve Smith. Just, I mean, what is this? Upset? Do you think Steve Smith would have done this about anyone else? Or do you think well, people just seem to hate Josh Rosen? I've had people in my personal life just normal people like maybe not friends but you know i end up getting stuck to a lot of people talking to people at parties and whatnot and i don't no one has ever said i like josh rosen they all hate him i i think can we can we probably a touch i mean i mean if you really want to be real about this i mean is is there a touch of anti-semitism to that do you think okay well i i had heard Tony Kornheiser said that last year. No, I'm not going to – I can't – I mean, I'm I, not saying there is, but I mean, I'm not saying there's not. Right. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too far into that just because I don't – Let's let's know, let's I'm break not. down the logic of Steve Smith's argument, however, which is that a dude who was just drafted, number one overall, the quarterback, Kyle Murray – Kyler Murray, sorry, I always screw up everybody's name, but he says you don't want to compete with the guy. Everybody knows he's getting traded. This, it's not like you have a chance to compete. That is a non-factor. He's mad because he had one year behind a crappy offensive line. He got the plasma stomped out of his blood 80% of the times he dropped back to pass, and then he gets shipped off. It's not about competing with Kyler Murray. That's That's false. You don't get a chance to compete with a guy because you're getting traded, which he did get traded in the second round of Miami. What are you talking about, Steve? So where's this coming from? Let's let's reset this. Has a player, anybody that you know or a coach that has worked with Josh Rosen or played with Josh Rosen ever come out and say he's like a bad teammate or a bad dude? I don't understand. Well, the millennial. Sort of. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know where this comes from. Like – it's not like he's ever had an incident. Okay, so you could make the case that Josh Rosen wasn't very good last year. And as as Dave said, their offensive line was horrible. They fired their coach. 
I think they they fired their coach after the season. They fired their offensive coordinator in the middle of the season. Yeah, so lots of changes. So it was the whole season was a total disaster. Okay, so but but fine. If you, I will give you. If you want to say Josh Rosen stinks, if you don't think he's the guy, you might as well dump him now. I'm fine with. It. I have zero issue with that. But to go and attack him because, like when he's when he's when people started tweeting that video, I went. I assumed that Rosen must have done something like passive aggressive or something, you know, like, like subtweeted them or something, but none of that happened. Uh, like he unfollowed them. He unfollowed the Instagram. Right. But somebody said that, uh, Joe Flacco unfollowed the Broncos on Twitter after they drafted Drew Locke. Did you hear anything about that? Why should you be forced to, 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 Read about the guy that's taking your job. Like, why is that the measure of if you're a good or bad teammate? I wouldn't want to do Like, think about us in the workplace. If they hired somebody and you knew you were going to get either shipped out or laid off, you should be forced to, to sit there and and look at the, the glowing posts over and over and over about the guy that's taking your job. Oh. Yeah, Joe Flacco doesn't really move the needle either. Well, right. But my point is, my point is, you know <laughs> – it was really unprompted. Uh, Steve Smith, like I said, Steve Smith looks like a like a clown after this. I think he, you know, look, he was a fun player to watch. Uh, he gave us the famous Jalen Ramsey, you tell me, uh, clip after they got into an argument with one another on the field a couple of years ago. But like, like I said, this was completely uncalled for. And then, and the stories that came out afterwards, uh, there was a story from Sports Illustrated. I'll read it by Robert Klemko. Here's an excerpt. While agency staffers in the next room celebrated the selection of other clients with wine and pulls of Tito's vodka, agent Ryan Williams called Rosen from his office with an update. The Cardinals might actually keep you. If that's their position, Rosen told him, then I'll just beat out Kyler and he could be the backup. Williams replied, they don't want that. And, and uh, they know they don't want that. We're going to get a trade done. So like, nothing, none of it was based in fact, like you can't just go on TV. And this is, this is a, this is an issue with former athlete athletes love saying that we don't know what we're talking about. We're making stuff up. You can't just go on TV and attack somebody unprompted because he unfollowed an Instagram account and make it seem like, like, like I said, I went searching for other stuff. Cause I was like, Oh man, what did Rosen do? He must've subtweeted. him. must've said something. No, he was literally playing in a charity softball tournament. You know? I mean, uh, it's always been a thing with him. Like it's, there are certain guys and I think Tate Martell is one of these guys that people just hate <laughs> and nothing they can do is going to turn that around, you know? Yeah, it, it, I don't yeah. put I don't put Josh Rosen in the Tate Martell category. No, I'm not saying they're Josh similar Rosen players actually, or similar reasons, but people hate Tate Martell. Well, it's, it's just the truth. I don't know. I don't want to lump those guys together. No, I, feel I, like do. Was, I feel like Josh was productive though. Josh has done things on the. It's got. Game. I mean, personally, it's got nothing to do with their production, Dave. It's they just hate these people as people. Like no matter what, put production aside. But people I feel hate like Tate Martell the way they hate Josh Rosen. I mean, it's okay to hate somebody, to hate somebody, but you have to also look at like the production level that they produced and say, okay, I might hate this guy for X, Y, Z reasons, but at least when Josh Rosen got on the field, he produced. His freshman year, he was amazing. He was great, and he battled through some injuries. Tate Martell acted like this privileged dude that um, okay, well, Tate Martell everything won. he got, but Tate he didn't really- won. 
every single game he played in high school. So that's, I mean, that's great, man. In high school, I was the man. I had a six pack. Right now, I got a keg. I mean, we're not going to talk about what. Okay, but did he's in still school. in college, Dave. I mean, it's but a, he it's didn't a, he didn't produce in college. Josh Rosen did, and Josh Rosen came back and fought through injuries. Josh Rosen was picked in the first round of the NFL draft. Josh Rosen stood behind that terrible Cardinals offensive okay, line. He got was, his head taken off. So I think like when you when you hate Josh Rosen. You're just hating on him because you're a hater. Because Josh Rosen is successful. Tate Martell has not been successful except for the Tate high Martell school. Tate Martell hasn't level. gotten to play yet. But, I mean, it's but, not- but I mean, you can beat 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 somebody out. Like, to, to quote Steve <laughs> beat Smith, you know what I mean? Beat, beat somebody out. Haskins. You 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 are Steve or Philly Steve Smith right now. Yeah, you no no man. But I'm saying though, you Josh Rosen is proven is a proven commodity. So he's had success. So if you're hating on Josh Rosen, you're just dry hating. You're just you, – you have no reason to hate on this dude other than the fact you don't like him. With Tate Martell, you can give him criticism, and it's warranted because he he transferred. He's not going to start for Miami this year most likely. And so if you want to hate on him, then, then you kind of have like the receipts to show and say, ha-ha, I was right. But with Josh Rosen, you can't do that based on his playing ability because he's actually produced and done well and shown that he warranted being a five-star. He warranted being a first-round draft pick, and he's just kind of getting the the shaft at this point in time. With Tate Martell, you can't make that same argument, so I don't want to lump them together. I just think you you hate Tate Martell, so you don't want to lump them together. I don't hate Tate Martell. I don't even know Tate Martell. I didn't even watch QB1, which is I feel like the basis for all the hate for Tate Martell. That's, that's part of the reason. I don't, I don't know anything about Tate Martell. You know, I, I don't wish ill on anybody. You know, I'm a successful person. I want everybody to eat, right? But when I'm looking at the two people and I'm saying, okay, why are you trashing this guy and not this guy? Or, or why are you trashing this guy and this guy and lumping them together? I say, well, I can differentiate the two people. So if you're hating on Tate Martell, you can kind of say, well, his play on the field – justifies me talking trash right but you can't say josh rosen is soft josh rosen went out to arizona and got his got his ribs kicked in constantly and stood in there and played and finished the season and i just feel like the basis it's just some kind of animus towards who he is as a person and you're totally negating him as a football player with tate martell you can kind of just say all right i don't like him and he's not good you can't do the same thing for josh rosen therefore i think you can't lump them together all right. Their bottom line is there are people that there are people that people just hate, right? Sometimes guys do stuff like Baker Mayfield doing the crotch grab and whatever. People hate him. Oh, he's cocky. We hate him. There are we should, we should reiterate our stance on t- on Baker Mayfield is that we love him. Right. Generally, yes. especially me and Rob tend to be contrarian, especially me. I mean, I hated Brett Favre for the better part of his career because the whole like, oh, he's just like a kid out there. Don't you love it? And I was like, no, I don't. I hate him. <laughs> and, you know, I I always hated Kevin Durant when people liked him. It's just, kind of, you know, I, generally there are people you just don't like. You know, some people don't like certain athletes. But for someone to go on TV and to attack someone, that's where I think, you know, I think we need to, to draw the line. And I think, honestly, Steve Smith should have apologized by now already. I don't know. And he, and then guess what? The NFL network should do something about it. I'm sorry. Like you, you, there has to be some form of decorum. I know that clip was shared a lot and it was good TV and whatnot, but 
it really was was uncalled for. And like, if somebody said something like that about Steve Smith, I guarantee you, he'd want them to apologize. So, see, this is where I wish we had like a producer, so I could have like some like an American Eagle screech and and have some patriotic music behind me because the whole purpose of free speech is so that you can throw something stupid out there into the conversation, right? And then you just get pummeled, like you're pummeling Steve Smith right now, like we are pummeling Steve Smith because I I feel like people should be able to voice stupid opinions and create a narrative so that they can receive the backlash. You no, know, it's freedom yeah, to you, speak. You just voiced watch your mouth. Tate, you voiced one on Tate Martell, so it's it's been good. All right, let's move on. Right. But just Dave, I'm not saying he can't he can say whatever he wants, but as you know, Mr. Attorney, you know, just because there's you have the right to free speech doesn't mean you have the right to consequences. So he should No, he, absolutely and that's exactly what I'm saying. I agree with you one hundred percent. He's gonna have to feel the backlash now for opening his mouth and saying something stupid. But at the time, like Rob said, great television. Look, I'm going to go on the record right now and say Rosen will have a better career than, than Kyler. Oh, boy. I, Whoa, <laughs> I like that. That's a good take. That's a take. That's a good thing to wrap Let's up. Let's talk about Kyler for a minute, though. Okay, so so Josh Rosen is um, a stereotypically immobile quarterback, right? Um, but Kyler Murray can run and, is, and elude pressure. Is the lack of an offensive line in Arizona going to be a detriment to a famously undersized, uh, like historically undersized Kyler Murray? Is he going to survive the season or is his escapability going to be something that actually mitigates the lack of an offensive line for Arizona and puts him in a plus factor at the quarterback position compared to Josh Rosen? Because we know it. Welcome to the X's and O's podcast. Jeez, Mel Kuyper Lackford over here. Mel Lackford. I, 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 but no, no. All right, let me simplify it. Josh Rosen played behind a bad offensive line and couldn't really escape pressure. Kyler Murray can. Is Arizona a better fit for Kyler Murray? And is Miami a better fit for Josh Rosen? And are both players actually better off where they are now? I don't know. Well, I don't Kyler Murray is better off than where he was because he's getting paid money to play football. So right. that's- I don't think – I don't think – Kyler is going to be that good, but that's me. I, 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 didn't think, I probably didn't think Baker was going to be as good as he is. So I'm not a big Kyler guy. Uh, I didn't, I, but I wasn't going into college either. He obviously had a very good season with Oklahoma, won the Heisman Trophy. But I think, uh, I think a lot more games are going to look like the first half of the Alabama game than than the, you know. Than playing second half, yeah, well, when he brought him back, Kyler never Kyler Kyler. What do Kyler Murray and Tate Martell have in common? Never lost a game in high school. There you go. All right, thanks, Dave, for that uh, diversion into. Uh, you can listen to oh, Dave. Fact. Scouting. Some people would say, thanks for that fact. <laughs> Listen to Dave Scout. He's going to break down the all 262 picks on his uh, podcast. <laughs> We're just at number one right now, baby. Okay. Here are the other 261 on uh, Lockford. Ranked by hips. Right, exactly. Okay. So Turn the other cheek. uh, There were eight five-stars drafted in the first round uh, from Rivals.com. So big shout to us for getting correctly picking 25% of the NFL draft three to five years in advance. Uh, You know, people say, oh, not very good. We're talking about 17-year-olds, and we projected them forward. So big shout to us. 12 guys went undrafted, though, former five-stars. So I think we ended up with 18 of 30 as our ratio, which was 18 of 27, or 17 of 27 until I realized 
we had three Juco five stars, including uh, including two from Rob that didn't get drafted. <laughs> Hold on. Who were they? Jonathan Kongbo. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Congo. Uh, hold on, they, was, we gave a five star at the end, huh? Yeah, we can't. And guess what? We were the only ones to. That made me mad because we were the only ones to do it, and I, we all, you, you know, we don't have to talk about it. Uh, we probably know what happened uh, between between us. Yeah. Uh, well, the good thing is, at least I can always hang my hat on ranking Kamara as a five star at a JUCO. I was the only one that did. The that. other one was. Yeah, my fault. I'm sorry, Kongbo. We can't get off him. Wasn't he the guy that was committed to three yeah, schools? Yeah, committed, committed to four schools at the same time. Yeah, and who was the other guy? The other one was Charles Baldwin. No, that's not me. It was the same year as Kongbo. I don't even know that name. He went to Alabama. He's some offensive lineman. He never he got kicked off Alabama in like two months. Huh. Went to what, what Juco? Uh, hold on. Hold on. Intangibles are hard, Rob. I'm sure he was a monster physically, right? He was went, he the kid from, no, he was from, from Brooklyn, Washington? from your school. Oh, ASA. Yeah, I remember him now. Uh, the old Brooklyn bump. <laughs> that coach, who I love very much, a quick story related to him. I went up there to see him when I was in New York, so I took the train over to go see him at practice. And the coach was like, "No, don't bring your cell phone to my practice. And I thought he was just being a jerk, like, I'm going to come in there and film like Juco Secrets and sell them to other coaches. And so I was like, who? I'd never met him before. I'm like, who is this jerk? And I get there and he's like, did you bring your cell phone? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, I just didn't want one of my defensive linemen to steal it from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> did you thank a group of kids in Florida when like you left your cell phone in the class? No, it, was one and somebody- kid that had, it was one kid and we won't say his name that had just been arrested for stealing credit cards. And I left my cell phone in the classroom with him and I thanked him for not stealing it. Yeah, that does one. his name does his name rhyme? No, with we're not talking. We're not, we're not, we don't. You just said we don't have a producer. We couldn't post last week's episode because we didn't have a producer, so we can't go through. We can't cut anything out of this, which we probably already we're gonna have to, and it's gonna be a pain in my butt. So we are <laughs> moving on. What are we gonna have to cut? Uh, I, why would I talk about it again now? So we have to cut it a second time. <laughs> Touche. Okay, Some of the other guys who went undrafted, let's run through them real fast. I wrote articles about him. You can read them on the site. Damian Prince, that's Adam Friedman special. Say no more. Martez Ivy. That's getting cut. Yeah, who was a consensus five star. Uh, he was a consent. Well, that was when Friedman had just started. And I think Mike takes. Uh, Mike says in the article, I was the one who pushed Prince to five stars, which doesn't surprise me either. Uh, Martez Ivy from Florida, who a lot of people would remember was a consensus five star. Everybody ranked him as a five star. So what can you do? We all take the L on that one. Tyron Johnson, five star receiver who was very good. And had he returned to Oklahoma State for his last year of eligibility, I think he would have had a huge season. He had 845 yards in 2018. I think he would have had 12, 1300. He decided not to come back uh, and he didn't get picked. So Jacquez Patrick, who I don't know who takes the L on that one. I, I'm pretty sure he was a five. I'm pretty sure he, no, no, he didn't get into like the five-star challenge. Dave, you watched him closely. He just never got going. He averaged though. I found it interesting that he averaged one five yards a carry for his career. So he just kind of, yeah. 
You know, the second half. Of- I, I felt like he played like in a low classification in Florida, but he like dominated. No, no, he, he was played a big in guy. like six A, dude. He played in. These are guys that Rob Cassidy did not rank. I wasn't in Florida at the time. He played. He played at uh, Timber Creek, which is like the highest. Is there a competition? Is do they? But do they play like in a good division? Yeah, they're in Orlando. They play every team like Doctor Phillips and all of them. Uh. And he he broke the record like the rec- he had like the most rushing yards ever maybe in like the history of the state. So what happened to him was uh, Jimbo Fisher and and year one of Willie Taggart is what happened to him. So that that offensive line situation being a total disaster. He had <clears throat> I don't know, like I said, he had seven hundred forty eight yards in two thousand seventeen, and he caught twenty one passes. In 2018, he had 378 yards. I mean, nobody could run the ball. You watched him play every week. It was a nightmare. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't like Derek Green. Like if you watched him on his high school film, he was killing dudes. Right. He was pulling away from guys, and and he showed a little bit of wiggle for a big back. You you figure he was going to be like a downhill back if he had a good line. He's going to get to the second level, rock some dudes. Right. I, I I thought. I thought he was definitely a high four-star, borderline five-star, and he did sneak into five-star status. I think in a final ranking. So, I mean, if I was if I was on the staff, I'd, I would not have given any pushback to making Jacquez Patrick a five-star. Uh, Trent Irwin, who we uh, who we voted on, we this one was it's really contentious oh, uh, on the rankings call when it comes down to a vote. Trent came down to a vote. Uh, Rob voted yes as we talked about on the phone earlier today, which was going to be an article. Now is not an article, correct? No, because I was on a school tour today. So I did. Okay. So you maybe it, it will so. be next week. But so I voted. Point is we all thought about him. Yeah. I voted no. Rob voted. Yes. We made him a five star. He went to Stanford. If he would have went somewhere else and, and Mike said, if he would have gone to Arizona state, he might've been putting up big numbers and he might have, he finished 10th all time. Do you know what I remembered after our conversation about this off well, the air? What? It was a tie, and Mike had to break it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. We had figured out that me and Josh voted against it, but who else? Yeah, and then I remember Gorney and I voted for it, and then I think Friedman and Howell must have split, and then Mike had to cast the deciding vote. Wow. So, yeah, Mike, Mike says he chose the wrong school. I think he's going to make a team, no problem. Uh, like I said, he finished 10th all-time in receptions in Stanford school history. So it's not like... The only one of these guys who was terrible was the aforementioned Charles Baldwin, who finished his career at Youngstown State, um, which uh, <laughs> I don't know. He was he was just bad. He got kicked off Alabama, went to Kansas, washed out there, ended up at Youngstown State, didn't sign with the team. Uh, defense, Kenny Bigelow tore his ACL three times, finished up at West Virginia. He, he got signed, but no one was going to draft him. C.C. Jefferson, uh, I can take partial blame for this one. This was during at least this overlapped with some of my time in Florida, a guy that everybody thought was, you know, kind of a freak athletically he hurt his shoulder right before college, went into school. He was constantly banged up, played in a ton of games, but he, not only did he not get drafted, he didn't even get signed. He had, he's going to a rookie mini camp, which is uh means like a tryout. Like, so that <laughs> that's a rough one for CC. He was always a, a very nice kid. Very fun to deal with. Porter Gustin went to USC classically, if I remember right, remind me, Rob, I believe we cho- we decided not to make Porter Gustin a five-star. 
Yes. And we paused for the day. We got through like the Rivals 100 or whatever. We paused for the day. We came back the next day. Mike had kind of had an epiphany and decided that he, yeah, he wanted to make, him, wanted a to make him a five star, that he was a camp miss. That's, he was one that we never saw in person. I think they saw him at the, they had seen him at the army. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Pharaoh and Josh saw him. I I never saw him in person. I was covering the region at the time. I had him a four star. I never met the kid. He was a ghost, real polite kid, but we made him a five star after the army game. So when doing the research, I mean, Gustin was pretty dominant his first two years of college, uh, but he just had a ton of injuries the, the back half of his career. And then he failed a PED test. Uh, before the draft, and I, I read that it was for Adderall, and he was approved for Adderall, but I still think there was some stigma there. I would not be at all shocked if he he signed with the Saints. I would not be shocked if he makes a roster uh, sometime down the road and ends up playing for a while in the NFL. Uh, Kyle Phillips, who was my guy from Tennessee and was at that same Army Bowl uh, that we weren't at, and had an incredible week. Kyle's biggest issue was uh, Butch Jones. <laughs> Namely, they got off on the wrong foot. They were switching him back and forth positions, and then he hurt his shoulder several times. Um, he was Tennessee's Defensive Player of the Year in 2018, which I didn't realize. And uh, Farrell takes the blame on this one, and I will gladly hand it to him because I loved Kyle. I still like Kyle when I see him, but uh, I was not in the five-star camp. He's kind of a freak athletically in terms of his testing numbers. Then your boy, Jonathan Kongbo, another Vol. This was a guy. When he committed to four schools, though, I was, I mean, that was really, really something. Yeah, th- this was a guy who hadn't played a lot of football. If, if it makes you feel better, Rob, he's projected to go in the first round of the CFL draft uh, next uh, later on this week. So, Do you remember we were sitting there in New York for the signing day show we did that year, and we were getting calls from coaches saying he's committed to us. <laughs> Multiple coaches. Yeah, I think he told five different coaches that he committed. He famously committed silently, silently committed to five schools. Yeah. He originally committed to Tennessee, decommitted, then committed, committed to, five, to Florida State. Yeah, committed to Florida State, Ole Miss, Alabama, and maybe a few others, and then uh, <laughs> and then ended up going back and signing with the Vols. So he was a guy who played all types of different positions, and and like I said, might have been a little bit of Butch Jones, a little bit of injuries, a little bit of overrated. I think he was personally overrated. I don't. I think even if anything went according to plan, he wouldn't have been a first-round pick. Uh, Trey Lamar, who was my guy, huge linebacker uh, from Roswell, Georgia, a uh, guy that went to Clemson, uh, played right from the beginning, uh, was a second-team All-American last year and a butt-kiss award finalist. And he was on the national champion winning Clemson Tigers, and he didn't get drafted, which I thought that was really weird. I thought someone would have taken him. He signed with the Lions, uh, so we'll see what happens. But there's the rundown. You heard the excuses while we got everyone wrong. Uh, nice job by us. Uh, was Porter Augustin the highest-rated player out of Utah ever? No. no. Haloti um, Nato is from Utah, and he was number two overall. What year What year did Haloti come out? 03, maybe. 03, okay, because I'm going back, and I'm, I'm hitting class of 2013, but I'm getting the, the – oh, here we go. Haloti Nata, 2003 Utah. Michael Affleck was the number one player out of there. He went to Arizona State. I don't see Haloti ranked at all. Haloti was the, it was 2002. Haloti uh, was 2002. Sorry, he was the number two. I'm player. getting the, I'm getting the offsides whistle. Okay, well, whatever. He's the number two player in the country. I'm looking at his profile right now, so I don't think anyone. Okay, and he just retired. So I would say that was a good. We got that ranking right, huh? <laughs> 
There you go. Good job, man. Seventeen years. He's, so, so you know, we did have a the, great draft, though. We should we should celebrate ourselves a little bit instead of dwelling on the. Well, I, you know what? We this was one of the better this. drafts we've had. We talk about this like we know the math, though. Like some the the, the overwhelming narrative is always, "Oh, there's more three stars drafted than five stars." And hello, basic math. There's like thirty two five stars every year. So of course there's going to be more three stars drafted because <laughs> basic mathematic principles. So I think, you know, I just, I, I, I get into it with people all the time when they say these rankings are garbage because more three stars get drafted. And I'm like, no, your eighth grade math skills are garbage. <laughs> well, what are we talking about? I'll have an article on that later in the week. I think I, I kept track of a lot of this stuff. Uh, on a spreadsheet, so I'll be sure to share that uh, with everybody. I think it comes out on Thursday, and which means I got a lot of work to do <laughs> over the next 24 hours. So uh, anyway, moving on, uh, we touched on a couple more things. We, we did way too much time on the draft. Uh, we had a fun story, which I enjoyed, which you guys probably didn't see, uh, because it, it really slid under the radar. Dang it, and I lost it uh, that quickly. Let me find it again. So basically, there was a guy yesterday who flipped from uh, who flipped to Alabama last last night. Did you guys see it? Drew Sanders is his name. Yeah, I saw, what I saw time? It. What time last night? <laughs> I did not see the fun aspect of it, but I saw. What, I saw what our time? Alabama yeah, okay. At nine eleven, that's inappropriate. Nine uh, eleven last night. I'm just saying, like, why? Why are people? Breaking he's the line. He's the linebacker, right? Yeah, he's a linebacker. He'd been committed to Oklahoma. He's from Texas. I think he came to the Rivals camp. I, which camp did he come to? Oh, Dallas. I wasn't at Dallas last year. Yeah, he was oh, this year. It or looks last like year? only last year. Yeah, because there was nobody at Dallas. Um, this year. Decent looking. Looks like he's play. He was playing quarterback at the camp he came to. Ah, that's why he. So he played quarterback at the Dallas camp last year, and now he's being recruited as a linebacker. We actually have him ranked as an athlete. Oh, I took here's a, I took these pictures of him at Prime Twenty One. So uh, anyway, long story short, he flips right. So, well, what a big you know. There were some people actually realized that when the kid <laughs> that when the kid uh, flipped, I was like, who is this kid? And I looked, and some people, Oklahoma fans, had mentioned to me about how it was a travesty that he wasn't a five star. Um, uh, so I wanted to <laughs> a travesty. Was, was he suddenly not a take? I don't know. I did see Bruce Feldman tweet this last night. This is quite a get for Alabama. A kid's coach with freakish, legit track speed for a guy that size. His film is jaw-dropping. Would be surprised if there's 10 kids in the 2020 class with better potential. Well, well please come out with your own recruiting rankings, Bruce Feldman. Uh, anxiously await them to see where you rank Drew Stanton. It's like when fans are like... He should be higher. And it's like, if you, I mean, we've seen all these other kids in the other states. Right. <laughs> but he might, you have no way to Maybe he should be him. higher, but, you know, Bruce has always taken jabs at us. So I'm going to get one in at him uh, gladly. So uh, I'm just saying, do your own rankings if you feel that way, you know, like. Yeah. This podcast only supports one national football writer. And that's it's right. So <laughs> Pete Golding, who is an assistant coach for Alabama, they get the commitment. He tweets the arm flexing emoji, right? Nothing out of the ordinary until Uh, it gets retweeted by none other than Mike Stoops. (laughs) 
the uh, oh former defensive coordinator, longtime defensive coordinator for Oklahoma, assuming probably one of the guys who recruited him. And also confirmed lunatic. Uh, yeah. Or reflection emoji. Uh, and there's a couple replies to it that say, this tweet is not available because it's from someone you blocked. <laughs> so that tells you what kind of content came afterwards. I did. I think it was a pretty nice troll, don't you? How would you rank that on a troll scale, Rob? It's a pretty good one. It's he's he's kind of got a rep for that. There are some great stories about him floating around Manhattan, Kansas, from his time at K State. So big shout to you, Stoopsy, with a troll. Sorry, Oklahoma fans. Guess what? I know there's according to Bruce Feldman, there's not ten better better players, but maybe you can find one of them uh, to replace Sanders in the class. I do, I do think it's weird when a guy commits who's committed for that long that we don't hear a ton of about flips. I had I really hadn't heard about that kid at all. You know, one more thing back to Stoops. Now that I think about it from the interactions I've had with him and the things I know about him, he's basically Woody if Woody was a football <laughs> coach. You guys have got a lot in common. Yeah, he's a lot more hot-headed than I am. Ooh, I don't know. Oh, I mean, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so you think if I was a football coach, I would be screaming like a lunatic on the sideline the entire game? I think – Absolutely, I mean, yes, without question. <laughs> your background would be a little bit different than it is right now. So, yeah, I don't think there's that much – separating you from from being a football coaching lunatic if you'd grown up in that in that path, career path i i imagine woody screaming like a lunatic when someone in the suv takes too long to go over a speed bump so yes yeah, when a, uh, a 19 year old kid messes up your million dollar contract i can definitely see you screaming yeah, but like i'm not on tv when that happens you know you gotta remember that like you, uh, sure it, yes because self-awareness is your strongest suit woody <laughs> okay listen when do you see me in public screaming at people at at a work event? Have you ever seen that happen? To be fair, what is extremely self aware? I'll give him that. Is he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's. How I have not seen Woody screaming at somebody at a work Rob, event. Rob's no. his right at work. I'm his rage is very subdued. I will give you that. Okay, all right, fair enough. I am wrong. Rob and Woody, I apologize. Woody, you're I scream, right. I scream at work events. A uh, yeah, more exactly. Than if, if anybody has a reputation for screaming at people at work, it's it's Rob, not me. That's for sure. Woody, you are a repressed rager, and I think you need to work on getting it out because I fear for your your health. I have not screamed at Dave yet. You're, you're I get my rage out Woody. all the time. Yes. Just not while I'm at work. Just not while I'm working. Now, if I'm at the airport and somebody honks at me, I scream at them. Yes, I scream at people all the time in every, all facets of life. But Woody, Woody's rage is very compartmentalized. Right. Exactly. I'm good at. Uh, yeah, mine is not. I'm an equal opportunity screamer. I would discuss, you know, facets of my childhood that help with compartmentalization, but I don't want to get into it. Uh, for plus, you have to edit right, the yeah, podcast, so no, don't so I won't discuss that. But. Uh, Dave, you wanted to touch on some stuff real quick. Uh, let's hear some. So you you made the Kentucky fans mad because you made some type of comment during a video interview, correct? You yeah, have the audio yeah. or so, you have the audio of the interview? No, I don't have the audio. I do have the audio, but it's terrible because it was like a tornado out there at uh, St. X High School in Cincinnati. The wind was crazy and you really couldn't hear what I was saying. So I transcribed it. And so I'm talking to Jaheim Thomas, who is a four-star outside linebacker. Kentucky's recruiting him. I think he just got offered by Florida State. He's got a ton of offers, right? So he's a guy. So I'm doing an interview for, you know, Louisville and the Kentucky site because both sites pay me. So, like, if I'm doing an interview with a kid and I can get, like, I can double dip and get 
the money for both sites on one interview, I'm going to get them both in there. Plus they're rivals, right? And both of them are competing against each other, right? So I have him start talking about Louisville. He's talking about Louisville and the culture. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go with the culture thing, right? So so the interview was was it was fun. We were joking around. We were laughing. And then I say, well, what's uh, what's Kentucky talking to you about? And I had just interviewed, like, at the at the Cincinnati Under Armour camp, I had interviewed a bunch of uh, guys. And the pitches, you know, like – they just had Josh Allen going to top five of the draft, right? So they're telling all the outside guys, you know, like we developed Josh Allen. You come here, you'll be like Josh Allen, right? So I've I've done like seven interviews with kids, and they say the same thing. So I'm talking to Jaheim, and I say, so what is what is Kentucky's pitch? And they're like, well, you know, I could come in there. I can get developed, be like Josh Allen. And then I laugh, and I'm like, man, they tell everybody that. And he laughs. And then I say, uh, but, you know, it's a good pitch. I mean, if I had, if I was a coach and I had Josh Allen go in the top five in a draft, I'd use that too. But then the Kentucky fans caught wind of it when I posted it on the um, – on the Louisville site because I posted it as an article. So if you have a subscription, you can read everything from the site that's been posted as an article on the main site. So if you don't have a subscription or rivals and you're a team, a fan of a team, you know, you get access to all the different teams. So you need to subscribe. But anyway, um, somebody transcribes my interview that I already transcribed, but they leave off the second half of my comment. And, oh man, I am in so much trouble on that board (laughs) because they, they're thinking like I'm pers- I'm persuading kids not to go to Kentucky and to and persuade them to go to Louisville and I'm some kind of huge Louisville homer. I'm from North Philly. I am from 16th and Brown. I am a alien okay, so out here tweets? in Kentucky. Where are the tweets? Where are the res- where are people attacking you? That's what I want to. Let's get to that. We know you hate Kentucky. Uh, okay, and love so- Louisville, but we need. I don't. It's not that I hate Kentucky <laughs> and love Louisville. Stop feeding the people, man. So, so this guy quote tweet. So on the board, this guy says, "Ha ha." So he 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 quotes me, and I say, "Ha ha ha." Vince tells everybody they're going to be the next Josh Allen, and then and then he actually includes the second part. But hey, it's a good pitch. The dude went top five in a draft, right? So hey, can't get better than that. Do you have any visits set up, or is it still in the air? And this guy's. Commentary is, dude, WT, WTF, interviewing a kid and telling him that the coach's pitch is BS isn't journalism. Why do we have Lackford on this site? Seriously. Like, are you serious? The whole draft is like Jaheim Thomas glowing about Kentucky and loving Kentucky, and he just skips over all of the good stuff that Jaheim said to attack me, you know? And then I got another guy saying, Dave is a huge capital H-U-G-E-U-L fan. He's never hit his homerism since J-Ro, Justin Rowland, who is the publisher, has no problem with it. We'll just have to deal with a huge UL fan writing on this site, unfortunately. Where did you go to school, Dave? I went to Community College of Philadelphia, and then I went to Bucknell. All right. You and Mike Muscala. And then the guy said, yeah, Mike Muscala, that's my guy. It's disgusting reading his UL fanhood crap in his interview. We don't got to go into much into it for that. The bottom. But but I just want to say I just want to say that most of the fans on the Kentucky site are great. They love me. They appreciate my stuff. There is a vocal minority of haters. Let me tell you, I enjoy the Kentucky fans that I interact with on Twitter are some of the more pleasant, funny people that I deal. They with. like me. Listen, I tell you, when I Kentucky fans hated me over Matt Elam, and then I was right about Matt Elam, and now 
I'm like the the king in the castle over there. They 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 basically can't give me king any, any crap because of the whole Matt Elam thing, which I took. The here's the issue with being right about a kid when you rank him low when other people rank him high. You can't really brag about it because then you're like, oh, oh sorry, that kid, that kid, that kid's yeah. career's ruined. I told you so. You know, like you can't really. I badly wanted to do this with Peyton Newell in Nebraska. Right, you can't. You can't because you feel, you know, somewhat you feel bad for the kid. The kid didn't do anything to you. So, Dave, the bottom line is, you if you wouldn't have done a video interview, it would be fine. You should have just done it with audio. So this is not very interesting to the audience, probably, but. No, it's uh, terrible. Anyway, we love Kentucky fans. We love Justin Rowland, and Dave is going to keep writing for that site. Uh, so go to Cats Illustrated and read it. I have some good analysis up there. They've been getting commits like nobody's business. So uh, anyway. They're doing a great job. Yeah, they're, they're recruiting at a high level. But I can back you up in the fact that I wrote a story on a linebacker from Florida out of our camp there where he said they told him he was like Josh Allen. So guess what? They're going to tell everybody that, and they should because he's a top five pick. Any running back that comes through, look, we're going to we're gonna feed you to rock like Benny Snell. You're going to get drafted in the fourth round, which is nice for a running back, you know, unless you go to Alabama, then you should have stayed an okay. extra year. All right. in so uh, Tweet of the Week. I heard you guys reading one. Oh, wait, actually, uh, yeah, no – we will do tweet of the week, but I want to, we do have some listener feedback, which involves you, Dave. So I'm going to DM you. Uh, I'm going to actually, I'm going to text Uh-oh. you a tweet and you can uh, take it from there. So uh, that'll, it'll be after you do tweet of the week. So a uh, couple tweets of the week. Number one comes from Stephen Godfrey, who famously works for SB nation. Correct. Yes. Does another pod competing podcast, which is much more popular. And I believe it was tweet of the week last week as well. He tweeted this during the draft. A.J. Brown and Jeffrey Simmons on the same team was once the pipe dream of so many bag men. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is... <laughs> which, yeah, that's which, accurate. You know, that is not directed at any one school, but uh, Stephen that? Godfrey, which I believe he wrote the big bag men article back in the day. But there were... Yeah, I was going to say, somebody that knows a little bit about each of their recruitments. Right, there were... Legendary, legendary article, and there were so many people, so many schools trying to recruit those guys. We famously, AJ Brown did the ultimate troll, which we discussed on this on the early episodes of this podcast, where he had an announcement in Starkville to to his hometown to announce that he was going to Ole Miss, which was just an epic troll. Yeah, so big shout to him. Big shout to Steven. Don't fans don't get mad. Don't get mad at him. They're gone now. We can all laugh about it. Uh, It was funny. Yeah, and it wasn't a shot at the schools. I mean, both of those recruitments were muddy to say the least. Exactly. It'll be in mine and Rob's book that comes out at some point now. (laughs) Uh, The other one that I really liked, which I believe I sent you, came from uh, our boy Kamar Wilcoxon. Uh, Is that his name? Yeah. I believe so. He was committed to Florida. Anyway, let me make sure it's his actual name. Because, yeah, Kamara Wilcoxon, who is from Stevenson High School, right down the road in uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia. He was committed to Florida. He tweeted his decommitment, you know, the classic first and foremost, I'd give huge thanks to God, Coach Mullen, blah, 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 right? Uh, and then he tweets it out and says, roses are red, violets are blue. Respect my decision and no interviews too. One hundred. <laughs> I love that. And he, 
No interviews. T T O O O. He he nailed the T O O O. So props to him and his public school. He got it right. Got the one hundred emoji. I laughed very hard at that. So big shot, Kamar. We'll hopefully be seeing him around. Now, Dave, did you? Let's get into listener feedback. Our boy uh, Rob's friend, the troll who got the dude from the Royals to delete his Twitter account. (laughs) What's his name? <laughs> Tom, Tom Coffey, legendary, right. legendary internet troll. Uh, he decided to troll Dave, uh, and he sent us a tweet, which uh, I feel like it wasn't a troll. We'll find out. I feel like we'll I feel find like it's out troll or not. There's Dave, love. take it away. <laughs> so, so uh, T Copy twenty two tweets: Hey, rivals Woody and Cassidy Rob, I'd pay money to hear rivals Dave pronounce the word. Asterisk. This should be a weekly feature. Now I say asterisk. A S S T R I C K. That's how. I mean, it's you, you asterisk. Put a, you, put a, you put an H in there though. You say it like asterisk. I, I, I say no. It's asterisk. But I'm, I'm, I'm from Philly. We we take a whole sentence and we you know instead of saying did you eat did you eat we say did you eat. Well, you don't. You, know, you don't have to tell yeah, me, Rob. Rob is from New York, and we both have Italian. Water is the worst thing that you guys yeah. have got going up there. Is the way you say it's water. an asterisk, man. It's an asterisk. Look, on on ninety six WIP, we always talked about Barry Bonds, and we said, you know, this guy's got an asterisk okay. next to it. Okay, asterisk. Right. That's the way. That's you actually didn't do very bad, uh, Rob. How would you pronounce it? Asterisk. Yeah, asterisk. Exactly. No, pretty... <laughs> no you sounds. guys are adding a C. Oh, hold on, time out, time out. Rob, you say it in a vacuum. Ready? One, two, three, go. Asterisk. Asterisk. Yes, exactly. Asterisk. asterisk. You're putting asterisk. an H in there. No, I'm saying asterisk. You guys are both putting a C in the word. It's A-S-T-E-R-I-S-K. Asterisk. Yeah, you, you want to talk about good well, no, radio. It is good radio. It is good radio. <laughs> if you've got a word you want Dave to try to pronounce, please tweet it at us. It will be a weekly feature. And uh, <laughs> I, listen, you know, I know I'm not supposed to talk about my mom. You want to talk uh, about someone who can't pronounce words, I would gladly uh, record her saying the same word every week. Uh, my mom's got that issue too, but she's still got like the deep Long Island accent. So it, uh, All right, so, it's tough. I would like to. I would like to point out that I'm the one with the advanced degree on this podcast. <laughs> what did? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I have a crippling student loan debt, and I can't say words. What was word you didn't? You from, from, from community college to to law degree. I mean, you hey, want to talk about a come up, Dave? What was the word <laughs> yeah. you couldn't say before we started the podcast? Uh, yeah, vitriol. vitriol. <laughs> so that you can't use vitriol because Dave can't say that either. So, can I give my explanation to why I can't yeah, pronounce words? So I grew up on, I grew up in the hood, right? So I, I did a lot of reading. You know, I've I've read a lot of books, but people don't use those words in everyday parlance, right? So I'm not using like big words as like social capital here, and so I've read them, but I've never actually heard them used. So I just screw up every like word that makes me sound sophisticated and ultimately i end up sounding like an idiot so here i am being an idiot but i have if i, if I, I have, have time to call my mother every week we can have dave and rob's mom try to pronounce yeah, yeah. i'll try I, you know 
I, <laughs> I can also keep a call score. my mom too. So send us words. We'll try it out. Uh, and uh, yeah, I promise I won't go on Google and hit the little the little microphone button to find out how to do it. I'll just it'll be good. It'll encourage me to call my call my mother more often yeah, too. So yeah, same. But it's it won't be nice. Um, <laughs> Uh, I can't, I can't resist. I'm like Michael <laughs> Scott with that's what she said. I can't, uh, I can't do it. So we've got an issue real quick. We lost a rating. Someone went on here and took their rating off. So we went from 104 to 103. Guys, what are you doing? So someone decided that they hate the show now. <laughs> it might have been your mom. <laughs> yeah, so somebody took somebody took a rating away. Don't don't do that to us, please. We've got ninety eight five star ratings, one four star, two two stars, and two and and two one stars. Which I wish. Oh, most critical. The elusive uh, one well, star. Oh, here we go. Here's the one star review. It's like I'm listening to my fifth grade daughter and her friends with gossip. Note. When a player they rated did well, they take credit as if they are responsible for the success. Everyone had that player rated high. Pathetic. <laughs> Which is absolutely the theme of this particular podcast today. <laughs> pathetic. Yeah, sad. That, that one made me laugh. That was from uh, ND Fan one 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 two. So uh, a yeah, big shot, ND Fan. So please leave us a review. I know we. We said we'd be consistent, and we have been. We missed one week, uh, and guess what? I'm going to talk about that in rants and recommendations. The week we missed, I've got two topics for rants today. Do you guys have anything uh, recommendation wise or anything? I'm still plugging away at the Game of Thrones. Where so you at, Rob? At Game of Thrones. I just actually before we before a little bit before we started the podcast, watched the last episode of season. What two. was the cliffhanger? Mm. Uh, our girl got her dragons back. Uh, she broke the chains that she was chained up to, and it looks like she's got a ship and she's sailing to. Ah, so she's she, yeah, she's leaving Carth, uh, right? Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They those, sorry, I got excited. They locked, they, locked, they locked those people in the vault, man. Uh, no, you better get on him because you get on me for the, yeah, the, sorry the about smallest that. of transgressions. But I didn't, I, didn't, just, I didn't finish the word. Sorry, the show I'm makes me excited. 57, 57, 45. <laughs> the first F bomb. No, we've had him before, but we had. It was a long had, time had, coming. Oh, yeah. We Kruger used to, to do it. Yeah. We do not anymore. So. Uh, <laughs> I have also been rewatching since Rob came over and I watched the episode with him. I decided I would do it during the day and uh, I'm on your tail. I'm in somewhere in season two. So I will, uh, but I've, of course I'm caught up uh, watching the new episodes. The other thing I started watching was Deadwood, uh, which speaking of cuss words, boy, Deadwood pulls no punches. It's like being a, a Deadwood, Deadwood does a great job, though, of introducing me to words I've never been able to pronounce, but I've read. It also mixing them up with a slew of curse words. It's like a, a trail mix of five-syllable words with the M&Ms yeah, as a curse huge, word. Huge, huge cussing. The Deadwood movie is coming out at the end of May, so I decided to watch the show. So I will let you get Rob, – Rob liked the show a lot. I watched this I watched. I loved it. I watched it in high school. And I don't remember anything else okay. about it other so than da- I love the show. It came out like 20 okay, so years Dave, ago. <laughs> here's why I didn't watch it. 
because everyone said they canceled it and they didn't wrap up the thing. So I was like, why am I going to go back and watch a show that I know has an unsatisfying ending or no ending whatsoever? So then when they said that they made the movie and now it's coming out, I was like, all right, I'll watch it all at once. Then I'll roll right into the movie and I'll be like a new person. So anyway, quick rants and then we got to go. So, you know, I got a lot of problems at parties, right? I go to parties. I got problems. So you have problems in a social setting. I am most of them are pickle related. (laughs) If you listen to this show for a long time, you know, I'm always lamenting the lack of dill pickles. Uh, But, you know, guess what? I can I can live with that sometimes. Sometimes I'll bring my own. So go to a party. Fam. You bring your own dill pickles? Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't be, people can't be trusted because they'll be like, we got relish. And it's like, relish are not pickles. What is wrong with you? Anyway, don't get me started, Dave. So a uh, big problem I have with desserts. I've talked about red velvet cake. No one likes red velvet cake. And someone will say, oh, actually, I like it. Guess what? I've been, I got the evidence. Okay. I've been at weddings and the looks on people's faces when red velvet cake comes out. I mean, you might as well just walk around and smack everyone upside the head and be like, here's your dessert. <laughs> okay. Because nobody wants to eat it. You just wasted hundreds of dollars on disgusting red velvet cake. So guess what else falls into that category? Macaroons. Nobody, listen, nobody likes macaroons. People like to take pictures of macaroons. Okay. Yeah, they're good. When did, for sure. What's exactly, a macaroon? There you go, Dave. So, what? They're like French cookies. Dave, you've seen them. Okay. If you saw a picture, you wouldn't know. Oh, they're like the dry cookies no, that come in a tin. No, Dave, Google no. it, Dave. Look on You're your computer right now while I'm talking and Google it. Now, the issue is macaroons used to be like a rounded shape, almost like a Hershey's Kiss type thing, right? Do you remember? When they- How do you spell that? Yeah, you're the only one. You're the only one. M-A-C-A- what did you say? M-A-C-A-R-O-O-N. <laughs> Dave's the only one with uh, what did he say? An advanced degree? Oh yeah, those are, those are <laughs> trash, man. Yeah, they look like they, they look like coconuts okay. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are trash. So I feel you. But they take really good Instagram pictures. So they've really come on lately. I would say I see them at a lot more. But if you look at the, if you go to Wikipedia, actually, okay, uh, you can see what macaroons originally looked like. They were almost like a rounded thing on a on a on a sheet, right? They weren't the typical, like almost like Oreo looking type thing that they've molded it now. So when they look, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they got, they got red velvet. They got okay, red velvet. So, so when they looked the other way, they, when they looked the other way, they, you knew they were disgusting. No one would even try to eat them. So they got with the PR team. They rebranded for millennials and guess what? They did a great job. Big shout to the macaroon uh, lobbyists. I don't know if you know this, and I, maybe you're maybe you're making a different distinction. There's a difference between a macaron and a macaroon. They're two okay, different well, foods. I think you're. I think you're. I think you're describing each. This is, it doesn't I'm just looking. I'm just looking at Wikipedia. Well, look up macaron and tell me if that's what you're talking about, because I think I think that you're just the old one is a macaron and the new one's a macaroon, okay, and they're well, two different cookies. I feel like there's an it anti-Semitic. Says that, okay, it says they're different in every country here on the old Wikipedia. Okay, so regardless, it doesn't matter. Even if I'm only talking about the new ones, first of all, Wikipedia describes it as a biscuit, which tells you all I need to know. It's disgusting. And somebody in my family had the pomposity 
to come up try. to me. I'm sitting on the couch watching Tiger Woods try to win the Masters. And, and she says, she says to me, hey, do you, it's me and another guy. He says, hey, you guys want some of the cookies? And we were both like, there's cookies? And she goes, yeah. And she brings over the thing of macaroons. And him and I both almost uh, smashed a plate to a million pieces. The, to call a macaroon a cookie. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's they're, They are not good. They look good in Instagram photos. People do not want to eat them. Unless you're going to a college party with all Instagram influencers who aren't actually going to eat the food, only pose for pictures with it and throw it away. Do not bring macaroons to a party. If you're having a party for a lot of people, just get a cake or just get some, just get some normal chocolate chip cookies. Look. I have okay, some data you're going to love on this. So do you remember the, the taco shop in my neighborhood? Oh, that yeah. Yeah. How could I forget? So next door to that place was a place that sold only macaroons. It was open for about three months and it, it did not yeah, survive. Because, so yeah, that because people would go in there and buy. Rob and I tra travel a ton for work, and we have both witnessed people buying food, taking pictures with it, and then throwing it away. <laughs> so just, <laughs> the original ones, the original ones, kind of look like um, like mashed potatoes <laughs> that you burnt a little bit. Did I ever tell the story on the podcast of the two college age women in bikinis that? Did a photo shoot with a slice of pizza on the beach one day when yeah, I was there. And yes, the I believe you away. told that. You've definitely told it to me. God. It was the right. most depressing so, thing. Anyway, please do us all a favor. Nobody likes macaroons. And if they tell you they do, they like to take pictures with them. Trust me. I was at this party, you know, as, as our listeners might know, I do not drink alcohol. So oftentimes at parties and family functions, I end up cleaning up because everyone's hammered sitting outside drinking until two or three in the morning, right? So I do the nighttime cleanup. That way there's less cleanup to do in the morning when everyone's hung over. Now I'm not I'm not being a martyr here. I I actually don't mind it in any way, shape, or form. I don't do the dishes, I just put them in the sink. You know what I mean? And right. what he doesn't so drink. Since I'm not drinking, it's not a big deal. So there was a bunch of macaroons left. <laughs> and I was going around to people at the party trying to offload them. Because I knew they were going to attempt to be foisted on me the next day to take home as leftovers. And everyone was like, please, like, I want those. You know? was, nobody wanted them. So, so don't do it. The other, the other thing is quick, real quick. What happened to grocery stores stocking the shelves at night? I used to work at a grocery store. You know what happened? At 10 o'clock, we'd wheel the stuff out onto the floor and the night crew would stock all the shelves. At some point, a very popular grocery store chain, which people in Florida swear by, they've decided now to just wheel out these things onto the floor of the grocery store during peak hours. It's five o'clock and there's a giant cart with stacked to the ceiling with boxes, which I know is an OSHA violation. It is a, a federal violation, a safety hazard. <laughs> OSHA. Wait, five o'clock? Five o'clock is peak grocery yeah, after store work. hours? I don't I don't yeah, not five o'clock. You're like you're you're just walking. Not in Atlanta, bro. Dude. I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe up in the sticks, and def definitely not in Miami, where nobody right. actually has <laughs> right. jobs anyway. Five to seven, whatever time you want to say. That there, there should not be a wheeler, which is what they're called. There should not be a wheeler on the floor until after ten p.m. And guess what? If I have to do a slip and Jimmy, and have one of these things fall over on me to make an example out of a grocery store chain, I'll do it. Try me. So, 
Yes, please consider call that, me when you get hurt. Consider that a threat from me and Dave. Because yesterday I was trying to buy, it was like the, it was the most innocuous thing. I was trying to find some garlic salt seasoning because uh, Aunt Nitsa used all of it when she was here, as uh, Rob had some of her cooking when he came over. She, that lady burned through. She yeah, burned through seasoning like nobody's business. I realized we didn't have any. So I said, hey, I need some garlic salt. I was trying to find it. And guess what? It was completely blocked by a wheeler. And then some other guy had to come and stand two feet away from me. And I was like, please get away from me. And it almost turned into a Mike Stoops situation. So, uh, Dave, you should have seen me trying to thank Woody's Aunt Nietzsche for the dumplings she made me. Not a lick of English on her. Woody's acting as a translator. It was oh, yeah, a real so, it was so, a real show in there. I mean, she looked at me and acted like she understood and then just continued uh, to speak. How about uh, Rob can attest for my Greek-speaking skills. Uh, no, he's good. Yeah, I was right. really surprised. You got to hear it live, uh, local in person. We miss you, Aunt Nietzsche. I know she's an avid listener to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just hearing my right. voice saying words so that wraps it up for more. us uh if you got anything for us please send us your words for dave to read please also what was the other thing we wanted oh vitriol vitriol, vitriol. yeah maybe even do a spelling contest okay so so here's what i'm looking at rob macaron macaron recipe and then it says this is the quintessential macaron, not macaroon recipe. Yeah, the, okay. two, two different foods. That I think you're, you're thinking, the old ones are they're like flat no, biscuits. No, what this is saying is, no, this is saying the new ones are macarons and the old ones are macaroons. Ah, but I think it's one of those Kleenex Xerox ketchup situations where. So, so, so the ones that look like dry ass Oreos or macarons. That's what this. Allrecipes.com says L. Uh, she is a. I agree. I agree. She's a with banker's Macaroons look like macaroons look like you squirted some mat, some like uh, burnt mashed potatoes out of icing canister. You know what I'm saying? And the macarons look like dry ass Oreos. <laughs> All right, that wraps it up. I'm gonna lose it over here. That that was one of the best, most accurate things Dave Lackford has ever said in his life. We are going to, we are going to uh, hit up Corey Gibson. Big shout, Corey! You're gonna have to produce this podcast because we are SOL. We uh, (laughs) Rob dropped an epic f bomb. Uh, (laughs) Who else? Who else we need? What else we need to cut? Who knows? We'll find out. Uh, That's the talking about your mom. I don't know. <laughs> big, big, big dry ass Oreos. You talking about not get talking cut. about my mom. So, uh, M. Deuce, go ahead. Play us out. Vitriol. <laughs> <laughs>